Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. Today, our crossover with J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. You could find us at Tony Dasco, myself on Twitter. He is at TD Chris G. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On VGK, our new YouTube channel. And on Twitter, we are at Locked On VGK. And now today, our crossover edition with J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks as we preview the VGK upcoming season. All right, guys, we now bring in Tony and Chris from Locked On Golden Knights. How are you guys doing today? All good here. uh, Happy Wednesday. Yes. Um, so we're going to, you know, continue. Actually, we're going to end. We've, we've hit the end of our Pacific Division tour. Uh, Save with the, the best Knights. for last. Save the best for last. I got it. I see how you do it up there. Something like that. Uh, so we, the Knights last year, of course, finished fourth with 94 uh, points. Missed the playoffs for the first time in their division. Thanks to one Knight Slayer, Thomas Bordalo, single-handedly um, <laughs> crushing every Vegas fan's dream. And then it was a pretty ho-hum offseason in Vegas standards, right? Uh, so let's start there. Uh, what do you think was the biggest move of the offseason? Uh, we'll start with you, Chris. Uh, biggest move of the offseason, I mean, it's a tie, I guess. We had to, unfortunately, shed some cap. So uh, sending Pat Charetti and Dylan Coglin to the Carolina Hurricanes for um, – Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so that's, but then Phil Kessel coming in, I think that is probably, uh, maybe it's a tick below that deal, but I think it's still pretty big news uh, given what Kessel might bring to this team. Uh, 50-ish uh, points with um, with the Arizona Coyotes last year. And I think his goal total can certainly improve this year. And that same, uh, hopefully assist output can be equal to or greater. And maybe I will forget about Patch already pretty, pretty quickly. Who knows? Tony, what do you think? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I I would probably go with hiring Bruce Cassidy, right? Yeah, that, that that's exactly. Pretty... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was my big move there. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Cassidy brought in to replace Pete DeBoer. And we heard Max Pacioretty saying that this was a team that had no accountability when he was here on the way out the door. And what? Uh, Pete DeBoer... DeBoer? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, of course, you know Pete DeBoer pretty well. Uh, DeBoer still sour grapes about this, and he just is on this this tour of where I, woe is me. Uh, despite having those 500 plus man games that they missed, you know VGK still did not uh, they did not play well when it counted, and they also played with a lack of enthusiasm. And I think what we're going to see is more. I think the system's going to be better personally under Bruce Cassidy, and I think defensively, I think they're going to be playing better, tighter better checking, tighter checking. And I think it's going to help them out, I think, immensely this upcoming season. Uh, they talked a lot about his power play and how much he's going to improve that. But our, our numbers, our statistics don't jive. Chris and I have uh, gone through that extensively. <laughs> but I just still think, you know, uh, it's a good change. And they needed some change, something to get them moving in a different direction. I mean, yeah, we, we uh, Sharks fans saw this 
Pete DeBoer comes in, you make the finals or, you know, the first season and then, or, you know, or, and then that's, that's, it's all downhill from there. So um, this is MO that every team he goes to. That's so yeah, just, just put your bets in for Dallas to go to the finals and you'll be fine. So now he's wearing a cowboy hat. Yes. <laughs> kind of silly. But um, so, I mean, and then I think the other big thing is kind of big story coming from, from Vegas's off season is the goaltending, right? Um, it's, Kind of a mess, question mark? Um, I would put it a little bit better than a mess, but not far <laughs> from it. It has the ability to go south pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Logan Thompson single-handedly got the Vegas Golden Knights within striking distance of the playoffs at the end of last year. Just a remarkable uh, you know, 20 or so games down the stretch where his save percentage was up there, win-loss was good, and there were games where he really put the team on his back. Um, something me and Tony talked about recently is – now let's see what Logan Thompson is really made of, right? It's been, you know, four months of the off season with the best scouts in the world. Now telling the best coaches or the best players in the world how to score on Logan Thompson. So hmm. can Logan Thompson elevate his game or uh, Aiden Hill to the rescue? You tell us. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> What's that going to be like, you know, with Aiden Hill here? What can he do? What are his capabilities? Uh, Aiden Hill, I mean, not to get, I mean, he's, he had his flashes, his thing, his glove hand is, is atrocious. Um, we already got one of those constantly, <laughs> constantly beat uh, glove hand. Um, but I mean, he, he's a big guy. He takes up a lot of space uh, in the net and I mean, you know, he's still young and for the most part until last year, he's been very durable, which is something I guess Knights fans have not seen in their goal in their crease as a durable goalie. But I mean, last year he did was, you know, he played 25 games basically, and that was it. Um, and the majority of those games were before the all-star break. Um, he missed a few games after the all-star or right around the all-star break. And then he came back, played one game where he shut out the Kings and then we didn't see him again. So he played one game between, I think the end of Pretty January. Big, elevated his stock right there. <laughs> end of January and the end of the season, he, he came one game and shut out the Kings. And that was the end of Aiden Hill's uh, tenure in, in uh, San Jose. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's it wouldn't be a normal offseason if Vegas didn't have a lot of drama around it, correct? This is the best uh, of all the dramas. This is uh, VGK of our lives this year. This is this has been by far the best because a lot of uh, we see a lot of folks on the Lockdown Network. They're always looking for content and some of what they say. They're looking. It's been a bit of a reach, right? Us every day, like we have something new happening like this summer the content has just been it's come to us because there's so much drama with this team all right so the draft i know you guys didn't have your first round pick kind of your quick summary what do you think of, of the of the vegas's draft this year chris <laughs> i mean what Not does it matter script. whoever it is is gonna we're gonna trade him away in another year or two they're never gonna and, develop them you know yeah. It's, I mean, I don't get too excited about looking at, at our past. We don't have a lot of homegrown talent um, as far as players we drafted to playing today. I think Nick Haig, Zach Whitecloud, and Keegan Colasar. And I'm, if I'm missing someone, forgive me. You guys can and attack probably me. Probably Brendan Brisson uh, this year, too. Brendan well, Brisson, yeah. No, that's something that we're yeah. certainly going to hit on. And we'll see. I think Phil Kessel might have knocked him 
actually down back into this uh to Henderson with our Silver Knights for a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. Kind of wait and see what happens there. But for Swanson, we're very excited. Um I watched him a few games at the AHL level last year over at the Dollar Loan Center. And you know, we're not gonna draw comparisons to Ovechkin or anything like that, but he's that type of player on the power play. Shoot. Yes. <laughs> where he exactly he can shoot really good one timer. And as far as this year's draft, I mean you know, talk to me in a year or two. That's kind of the when how VGK rolls yes. with their drafts and things like that. And and then two or three years, another uh, podcast never can call me and Tony to get uh, get their analysis before we trade them. And I know that Chris <laughs> is really enamored with uh, Matthias Sabalov, especially pr- the pr- pronunciation of his last name. So perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. So heading into training camp, what do you think is the biggest question uh, facing the Knights, Tony? It's got to be goaltending. Uh, and how this team adapts. Well, there's actually three uh, mm-hmm. parts to this goaltending, how they adapt to Bruce Cassidy and a new system. And Jack Eichel, can he rebound? Can he come back? Can he be that superstar? Could he be that shining knight or whatever they call it around here? But to, to us, we really do believe uh, Chris and I both saw Eichel live last season by far, by far, not even close, the best player on the ice. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have complimentary players, for the most part, on his line. He'll only be successful as who they put around him, the talent that will skate with him. He's by far the fastest skater. He's by far the best passer that this team has. Um, and I think that that is a big question mark, whether or not he can score a lot of points, put this team in position to win. Is he going to be known as a superstar that never makes the playoffs? Big question. Hope not. Um, no, I, I'm with Tony as far as the, the biggest questions go. Um, more on goaltending, I think we just sit on that a little bit ago, but that's mm. the real big question, right? Um, before we made the the deal for Aiden Hill, um, hello, good morning. Logan Thompson, there we go. Logan Thompson, yes. folks, there we go. That, that's what I'm trying to talk about. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, Logan Thompson, Will he be able to carry the mail? He basically was going to be the starter, the day one starter, no questions asked as of about you know three weeks ago. Mm. And then Aiden Hill comes into the picture. And at least now there's some pressure on Logan Thompson to see what, you know, a, a veteran might not be the right thing to say about Aiden Hill. Because what I think he's a uh, 74. Yeah, he's got like, played. yeah, he's, he's got less than 100 games played. So, yeah, so, yeah. Seven, so he's, I mean, here's, here's the VGK goaltending situation right now for our, our friends up in San Jose. 74 games, Aiden Hill. I believe 20 games, Logan Thompson. Uh, Brassois injured, so at the moment that doesn't matter. And then who could forget Michael Hutchinson? Oh, we the made a Michael deal Hutchinson. for Michael yes, Hutchinson. The Michael Hutchinson. The Michael Hutchinson. He has 125 games played. Now that's literally at a pace of 12 games a season, going back <laughs> to about 2006. But point being, and, and that was something me and Tony were trying to figure out too, like where does he fit in? Now that, especially now that Aiden Hill came, are we going to send Hutchinson down and take away starts from, you know, some of our developing talent at that level? Like that's, that's something that I'm having a hard time completely understanding. Um, If Logan Thompson plays 55, 60 games, is that a good thing this year for the Golden Knights? Or was Aiden Hill brought on to get maybe 20, 25 games? And then Brassois, once his health comes back, is he going to get 20, 25 games? Like how's that whole carousel going to work out? And the crazier thing of those goalies I mentioned, Logan Thompson is the only one that has a two-way deal right now. So at some point, Aiden Hill and Brassois might be the goalies by necessity with our best goalie rotting away down Henderson for a little bit. 
Yeah, and Brossois, we don't even know if he's going to play, when he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've not given us a ton of information about him. He's out with an injury, and they love that LTIR here in Las Vegas, as you know. Yes. Let's see what really screwed uh, Vegas and the Golden Knights. The fact that it was rather late in the whole free agent process uh, when we finally found out officially. Mm-hmm. Now, VGK says they never knew that Robin Leonard needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wink. wink. <laughs> uh, that Robin Leonard needed not one, but two hip surgeries. Uh, they, they had to have known, right? Yeah. And Kelly McCrimmon said that he thought that maybe he would make it through the season. Um, again, that's got to be like on thin ice, right? Yeah. You know, as far as his status goes. And so that screwed up everything because they couldn't go after a top free agent and all the goaltenders, all the good ones, save, you know, Aiden Hill, uh, were all gone. They were all gone by that time. So it really messed them up. But Leonard's a mess. I mean, the shoulder surgery, two hips and a knee. And here's a guy, here's a guy that was telling us all season long. No, I'm not injured. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. They're putting him back together. He'll be the $6 million man. Yes. $5 million um, man. Five, five $5 million. million. Yes. So I have to kind of ask, with the, the way this team is built, it kind of reminds me of what we saw actually in San Jose recently, where you have a very top-heavy roster, you know, a lot of money, you know, is tied up in Stone and Eichel, et cetera, et cetera. And then and Carlson just, and Carlson Eric, for us, Eric Carlson. Please. Yeah. You know, no, was, for us. Oh yeah. Bill uh, William, uh, William yeah. Carlson. Wild, you, wild, not mild, mild bill. Yes. Um, but then you're trying to kind of supplement around the fringes with guys who are maybe not a NHL caliber talent or, you know, just guys who aren't ready to be in the NHL. Are you guys worried that this might be where the bottom just kind of falls out for this team? Um, before Tony, uh, craps on our parade here, I'll jump in for a second here. (laughs) So our top six is looking very solid. I mean, March is so Riley Smith, uh, William Carlson should even be our line three center possibly Mm -hmm. on top. Jack Eichel, March is so, uh, Phil Kessel, I think slots in very nicely on the top line. line. Fine. Third line, put him on the third line, Tony. I'm okay with that too. (laughs) Okay. Um, second line, any combination of Chandler Stevenson, Riley Smith, uh, Mark Stone, and then all the way down to the third line, that's where William Carlson possibly slots in, or Phil Kessel. So I think our top nine is solid. Uh, There was so much coming out of last year's training camp about line four. Like, that was all we ever heard DeBoer and everyone talking about was the excitement of Nicholas Waugh between Keegan Colstar and William Carrier. And that actually, San Jose got to see that for two periods before Keegan Colstar went down. And then, fortunately, we lost that game in the shootouts. Um, The defense is still pretty solid. Now, another question, Tony, we probably didn't even talk about was Nick Haig right now. Um, Nick Haig is still an unsigned RFA. With, after uh, after you know. Kelly McCrimmon said it was a priority to sign Nick Hague, there's been no contact, no dialogue since early July. Go ahead, Chris. And no, I no, just, Tony, you're 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 a thousand drop percent that right there. there. You're you know yeah. that that's that's fine. You're 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 on the ball there. But point being, the the offense is is pretty deep. We have reinforcements at the AHL level, starting with Braswan and then going back to a few different players, of course. Uh, the defense is strong with, again, more reinforcements at the Henderson level right now. If that can stick together and if the goaltending can come together, then, you know, this team might make some noise. But, you know, are they necessarily top-heavy with not a lot around them? I don't necessarily buy that statement completely. Mm-hmm. But 
if a couple of those top heavy players go down, that's when things um, will be tested. And hopefully it doesn't happen too often next year because it failed last year. So yeah, go, uh, go check the 2018-2019 Sharks roster. And that's exactly oh, yeah. exact no, same no, tr- thing. I get it. We yeah. said the same thing. I, I yeah. still to this day don't understand the Sharks are acquiring Carlson. I still, <laughs> that was something I BTK still did not understand at the time. That's, that's was, for was a, in the bidding. Yeah, that's for a, a whole nother conversation there. But uh, <laughs> yes, we don't have enough time. For I'm that more today. concerned. I'll tell you, JD. I'm more concerned mm-hmm. about VGK against versus the salary cap than versus missing 500 plus man games. Mm-hmm. The salary cap has just been a killer here, and they have to be able. You know, Chris mentioned four lines. Let's see if they have the availability to roll four lines this year because they've not had that uh, opportunity late in the season. The last couple of years, it's come back to bite them where they they're up against the salary cap late in the season. They're short players. Uh, they're, they're rolling with, uh, with three lines and, and then guys are double shifting and it, it's been a mess. Mm-hmm. So I'm more concerned about the salary cap than I am anything else with this team, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, we, we've we've seen this picture in San Jose where it's you you you've got a lot of top heavy guys, and if those guys either don't produce what they're expect to, or if they get injured, and then you're riding guys who maybe aren't quite ready. But so yeah, I think Vegas in the we'll get into the Pacific a little bit later, but Vegas feels a very high ceiling, low floor team where you could say you could tell me that they're second in the Pacific, or you could tell me they're sixth in the Pacific, and I could believe both ends of the argument, but. Vegas, so what do you think is going to be this team's calling card? What's going to be their biggest strength, Tony? Well, they have to first establish an identity. Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of the biggest uh, issues this past season. They did not have an identity. You can't tell me what VGK was this past season. Now I think their identity will be, uh, they're going to, they're such a finesse team. I'm so interested to see what Bruce Cassidy does to get them to play a little tougher Mm -hmm. and, to play better defensively on both ends of the rink. And so for me, I, I just think that that is probably the number one issue there is the, first of all, you need to establish an identity. And, and again, they're going to have to, with their top six, they are going to have to score goals and they're going to have to finish plays. They, they didn't finish plays this past season. Chris? I never bought into the season one misfits concept a whole lot. And what I mean when I say that is I don't think there was all this rage in the locker room amongst uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, I can't believe I wasn't protected. So I'm going to go to Vegas and we're going to kick butt in season one and go to the Stanley Cup final. I don't think that was a lot of the anger that even though it was portrayed amongst many of the players, I don't necessarily think there was a lot of anger about not being protected. These are professional adults that understand the business side of the game, many of them being veterans. But now this year, I do think there is a chip on the shoulder of a bunch of the players, especially the day one players who have been here and seen all that success and now not making the playoffs. So I think some of that swagger from season one might actually be realized entering season six because there's anger the players were upset about not making the playoffs rightfully so arguably season five was the best paper roster that we had and then we failed down the stretch number one to win some big games obviously the sharks know about that and then with all the injuries so there's going to be some anger there's going to be some swagger i think and that i think could be the biggest strength for season six all right what do you think is going to be this team's biggest weakness or area that they're going to need to to improve on 
Goaltending. Goaltending. Goaltending across just, the board. <laughs> I, I think, goal, yeah, I think goaltending is the concern. What about yeah. power play? I think that's a major concern too. Steve's pot. Bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. I mean, yeah, the power play is something that needs to be. And and Cassidy, you know, Cassidy mm-hmm. last couple of years did decline a little bit, but a couple of years before they, Cassidy declined. did have. They some went teams. over forty at one point. At one right, juncture, no doubt, they went over forty. I mean, no doubt. PGK was bad at over nineteen. <laughs> Over that's, that's the floor, Tony. But the ceiling, Cassidy did have some teams, I think, in the, as high as the top three, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe Cassidy will have the – this is his first time in a long time going through the process of, you know, changing teams. He did it once before, but he was younger at the time. And this is really his first time as a professional doing it. So <laughs> maybe Cassidy will take a page out of the DeBoer book and the players will buy in right away and we'll have some new success. And we will return with more of our crossover edition with J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks. After this, you're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the National Football League, NBA, of course, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now back to our crossover edition with J.D. Young of Locked On Sharks, Tony Cardasco, and Chris Golick of Locked On VGK. And we thank you all for making us your first listen each and every day. All right. What is going to be, what do you think is the best case scenario for Vegas, uh, Chris, for this season? Best case is still a Stanley Cup contender. I do believe that if the goaltending comes together, if Cassidy can help the power play unit, which, I mean, the difference for the VGK power play from being what I think 25th or 26th is where we finished to being a top 10 club was eight goals. Like, or it was eight, eight or 11 goals. That was the mm. number. It was some really small number like that. So it doesn't take a lot to improve the power play. And you attribute some of that to the man games lost and some to the system. Hopefully we have a little better luck and Cassidy can obviously improve on whatever power play uh, formulas we had going last year. So the ceiling is a Stanley cup contending team that can go deep into the playoffs. But I think me and Tony also are in the same breath that the floor is a uh, uh, general manager, Kelly McCrimmon being fired in December because he put together a roster that just didn't get there. Um, is McCrimmon necessarily on the hot seats? He could certainly be. I'm, I'm a McCrimmon truther. Me and Tony have had this argument before. <laughs> But I am also in Tony's corner in the sense that if the team does not get off to a hot start, I could see McCrimmon being the first fallback person come November or December. Yeah, and I think, you know, a slow start, that will definitely be the end of Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, I think, you know, again, uh, the ceiling would be, uh, I still say they're probably a top three team at the end of the season if they can begin to mesh and get a lot of those issues solved and I think the players will be happier that are returning, you know, to this Mm -hmm. team. And they did get back a lot of their RFAs, including, well, Riley Smith. um, It was a 
uh, he was an unrestricted free agent, right? But, you know, you had Lachizan and you had Nick Waugh and you had players like Ron Bjorg and they got back a lot of their players. And so they definitely believe that this is the roster that they can win with and they could get into the playoffs and they feel like they can make a run. Now let's see if they can mesh together and if they could get some good goaltending. They're going to have to rely on some hot goaltending and they're going to have to check like never before the way Cassidy likes to do in front of the net for them to be successful. All right. Who do you think is the biggest wild card for uh, Vegas this season, Tony? Biggest wild card. Well, the biggest wild card for me is the assistant coach, John Stevens, Mm. who's won. He's won a couple of Stanley Cups uh, with L.A. with the Kings, um, runs a tight system. He wants the players to be disciplined. And I think he's a good coach. And uh, if he can get the players to listen to what he's trying to do, and I think Bruce Cassidy is going to lean on him a lot then I think they could be successful. That's my wild card. I know I went off the, the rails. A <laughs> that's off bit, the board. But, that's, that's, but that's what that we was, do. No, that, that was actually, that was pretty solid, Tony. Yeah. That was actually, that, that was like you put research into that and mm-hmm. we should do the more late night shows more often instead of the morning. You're, <laughs> you're on it tonight, man. Yeah, I'm a night owl. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Chris, who do you, who's your wild card uh, person or player this year? Um, as much as I want to say chance our mascot to, to up, uh, <laughs> upstage Tony. No, I'm going to go with William Carlson this year. Um, Carlson after scoring 40, whatever goals it was, in 43, Tony, of course, mm-hmm. um, after scoring 43 goals, then coming back with what seemed to be a big drought of 24 goals, I believe is yet to crack 20 goals or a 20 goal pace. Um, since those first two seasons. So my hope is under the DeBoer era, uh, Carlson did not do very well. So I'm simply hoping Carlson was a casualty, if you will, of a system where he just couldn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping that uh, Cassidy can go ahead and uh, find a way to get him. Uh, 25 goals would be a wonderful place for Carlson, plus or minus. And then, you know, obviously his uh, penalty kill, you know, part, his role in the power kill continues. I also have, you know, again, uh, when you're talking about wild cards, players that come off of like career best seasons, I'm always leery. Can they play consistent? Can mm-hmm. they come back? Can they at least equal that or come close? Uh, wild cards, Chandler Stevenson. How does he play within this new system? How does he mesh in again? He could be on the top line. He could be on the third line. We don't know where they're going to put him currently. Um, And so, you know, he had like 64 points this past season and he was an absolute steal and one of the better finds by VGK uh, to get him from a fourth liner in Washington and bring him to the Golden Knights where I thought he was an all-star this past season. But I'd like to see how he performs now this season. Can he string together back-to-back successful seasons of 60-plus points? And we'll return with more after this. You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Today we continue our conversation, our crossover edition with J.D. Young of Locked On San Jose Sharks. We are previewing the upcoming season. All right, who's the most intriguing young player or rookie guy or kind of guy you're keeping your eye on right now? (laughs) Go ahead, Chris. (laughs) Um, I think we're we're going to say, go ahead, Brisson. No, uh, no, mm-hmm. I'm going with Brandon Zach Whitecloud. I figured you were going to go first and probably save Swan, but um, no, I, I like Zach Whitecloud, and I'll, I'll put a, a write-in vote also for Nick Waugh, but starting with Zach Whitecloud, he is someone that I think is going to be blossoming into a very, very, very top 
elite level defenseman mm-hmm. um, as his career progresses. He was a plus 20 something on the VGK roster last year on a team that just gave up a ton of goals. Our plus minus as a team was very poor. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Zach Whitecloud, what type of expanded, even leadership type of role he can take. And then also Nicholas Wah would be the other one um, goes to 15 goals last season, played around all four lines. He can play on the top line. I think if we needed him there, he can slot really well into the third or fourth line, depending on how the roster composition of this team takes, uh, what type of role that takes. But if he is in the top nine, let's see if he can become a 20 goal scorer. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm in unison with Chris. Uh, I think that Nick Waugh is the player to watch because uh, I guess Bruce Cassidy already had a discussion with him that he will be slotted to play on different lines and let's see how he fits in. And then will he continue to change the lines? If was successful on one line, that's one of the things Cassidy will move these players around like nobody's business. And that's something that the players I think are going to have to adapt to as well. There won't be, I don't think, you know, the misfit line, I don't think that's going to stay intact. I think he's going to make a lot of maneuvers and change things as needed. All right. The big question, where does Vegas finish in the Pacific this year? Third, third, Tony. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm with I'm with Tony. I think third behind um, the Flames and the Oilers. You know, two to four points possibly ahead of the Kings, and about 26 points ahead of the Sharks. Oh, the Sharks gonna be the worst team in the Pacific. I am I am on record. If anybody's listened to me, I think they're gonna be one of the, the Sharks. Gonna be one of the five worst teams in the NHL, and I'm all for it because if you reach for the Connor Bedards. The worst happens is you fall among the Fantillies. So, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, like I said earlier, I think with the Pacific, it's, I think it's going to be much better Pacific than we've seen the past couple of years, but two years from now, it's going to be amazing. Two oh, or three it's, years, it's going to be remarkable. It's going to be insane. Like yeah. the Atlantic, like the Atlantic. But I think I have Vegas like fifth or sixth. <laughs> That's I, okay. That's okay. Fair. There's so many questions, you know, There's, that we have as well. And the one thing that I think you have to remember is Bruce Cassidy, though, has owned the Pacific. Has he ever lost? Has he ever lost to the Sharks? Probably. Well, Chris, probably. help me out here. Not, not many people have, but um, <laughs> you know, sorry, no cast. And I forgot the Sinbin had was, a real good article it about 60, it with about his success or something. Yeah, well, it was really good the last couple of years. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I think though, like Edmonton, you have Connor McDavid and Drysdale are two of the, like the best players in the world, and I, I think at least Vegas, you have Eichel and Stone who can kind of match up with do we have guys. stone that's a yeah. big question too another question because we don't know his back injury he's still like hobbling around he's skating on the ice oh he could come back day one he could come back later in the season nobody knows no one but knows on paper you have eichel and stone but like I think I think, stone's too slow to play with eichel too that's another but, discussion yeah but then like calgary i think they did a good job pivoting on the fly this year huge they were amazing yeah i think vancouver is kind of the team we're all being really sleeping on because i think that team's going to be able to roll four lines you can all score um easily their they defense were a playoff is... team under boudreau if you would have started the season with, yep. with the stats so and yeah i think elias uh, peterson is going to have his like superstar season where we're like oh that guy is really good and have his like first 100 point season this year you know in la la was a playoff team last year and, and they're going to get just going to keep getting better Fiala. the ducks have zegris and and by or sorry there's like uh zegris and mctavish, McTavish. And I, yeah those guys those guys are gonna be tearing up shop and then and with a kraken you know you look at the kraken having veneers and shane wright as the your, your foundation for your entire franchise is, is a pretty solid start and then the sharks which we are going to be 
who poo platter bad, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I think but Chris wants to know when you're going to raise the banner for beating VGK. Is that was that your question, Chris? Oh uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, well, we first have to retire Marlowe's number. Finally, we're we're getting our first jersey <laughs> retirement in our 30 plus years uh, with Patrick Marlowe, and then the well, yeah, sure. then we're gonna the Bordelo jersey is gonna go right up there next to it. So um, <laughs> nice. Yes. So, but yeah, I mean, it was you know, I, I like I said, I think the Pacific's gonna be way more fun i'm i'm hesitant on vegas just because like i said i i, I literally watched this story the past it's fair couple of years. It, it's 100 percent fair it really is it really and is you know in the fair. goaltending like i i think logan thompson's gonna be a great goaltender in the future but i think it's it's a lot to ask for this guy in his first like full full season to be like hey you got to carry this franchise right now yeah he's still a rookie i mean he's basically a rookie and the one question that we've raised on our show uh chris and i are both wondering what will he be like now that there's a lot of film right mm-hmm. on Logan Thompson? How's he going to respond? How is he going to be facing a team for a second time? We'll use the baseball analogy. You know, you can go through that lineup once you look great. And then you come back again, that second, third, second, yeah. third rotation. And, and we don't know, we just mm-hmm. don't know, but uh, he is acrobatic. He's fun to watch. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury took him under his wing when he was here and you could see a lot of that in the game that Logan Thompson plays. But can he do that consistently? It's again, like, and then if he can't, and then who fills in? Does Aiden Hill, does he jump up? And now he's going to be the starter. Just, just start Aiden Hill Calgary, I don't believe in. You'll be fine. <laughs> I do not believe yes. in the Brossois. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a Brossois fan at all, mm-hmm. at all. But he's going to start probably on the LTIR anyway, and, I, I I don't know. He was really bad. He, he's not he's not durable enough, you know, to play consistently, to play as a regular goaltender. All right, Tony, Chris, where can the people find you guys? Chris, oh, to- uh, in, in Tony, his, you're really good at this place. At this you stuff. you ahead. and your man cave, Chris. Yes. He is office, at TD. Office. He is at TD Chris G on mm-hmm. Twitter. I am at Tony Dasco on Twitter. We are at Locked On VGK. You could find us on Twitter. You can find us wherever you get your podcast in the entire universe. And now, thanks to Chris, Locked On VGK, you could find us on YouTube. Please subscribe. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon as the yes. uh, season gets underway. Thanks cool. so much. Thank thanks. you. And thanks again to J.D. Young, Locked On Sharks, for having us on today's show. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all season long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. For my man Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. Don't forget, tomorrow on Friday, it's What the Friday. You don't want to miss it right here on Locked On Golden Knights.